Sigur, e vaștă gul parampara ki jai, și cetana ceritamita ki jai, o bhaktabrinda ki jai, o premanandi. Welcome. So, we're continuing our discussion with Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, Krishna Skaviraj Kusami Mahashaya Kijana. And today we come to the 14th chapter, and as we heard last night, this is the description of Krishna's Balya Lila or childhood pastimes, the Kumar pastimes. And they are spoken of in, in, in brief or in a condensed um, presentation, sutra-like form is the term used by Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami. And um, the uh, two reasons for this are, um, one, as we've mentioned, that the earlier pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, both his um, Kumar and Poganda and Kishore Lila all before his taking sannyas, which he enters into the uh, what's considered the middle pastimes, the Maddi Lila. Hmm. These were all uh, elaborated upon in greater detail by Sri Vrindavan Das Thakur in his Chaitanya Bhagavat. Vrindavan Das Thakur Kishai. And um, Krishna Das defers to him and was particularly empowered and requested to speak in greater detail about the middle pastimes, the later pastimes, hmm? um, which he does in the book, so more attention is given, more detail uh, to the Madhya Lila and also to the Antya Lila, but the, the main um, heart of the book here is, is, is the Madhya Lila, as Krishna Das has explained in the previous chapter. And that's the Lila, of course, by which we get access to uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's method and the teachings that support the Namsan Kirtan, the underlying philosophy and theology and so forth. So, for good reason, it's the most important section. But for other reasons, as we explained to some extent last night, the earlier pastimes are more important because middle pastimes give us access to them. So, by following the, the method to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's madness, we can enter into the uh, Navadvip Lila hmm? with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The Puri Lila, the Madhi Lila, this is all manifest in this world with his appearance and it's involved with his uh, um, sharing of the, uh, of the teachings and pursuing himself that which he which he shares. The sharing is an overflow of the pursuit, but it's his life as a, if you will, as as it appears as a, as a practitioner with a, with a with a goal of of Radha Prem to attain. <clears throat> so, but Navadweep is our our ideal, and it corresponds with Vrindavan Dham. So it's a hidden Gupta Vrindavan. <clears throat> And uh, so we're, we're in Navadvip Lila here in this chapter. And so briefly, these are briefer chapters, as I say. And uh, text one. 
Krishnadas begins, Katanchanasmite jasmin duskaram sukaram bhavet, vismrite viparitam syatri chaitanyam namamitam. The things that are very difficult to do become very easy to execute if one somehow or other simply remembers Sri Chaitanya. But if one does not remember him, even easy things become very difficult. To this Chaitanya, I offer my pranams. As usual, Krishnas begins his chapter, his chapters, and this is characteristic, uh, with his own Sanskrit composition. Those are nice verses worth compiling and making for a morning recitation. You can go and take the first verse of every chapter, which is, again, his own Sanskrit composition. He was a great scholar, Kaviraj, as we mentioned last night. This is written in Bengali primarily, about 10% Sanskrit, most of that which which consists of Praman verses, supporting verses from the Bhagavatam and other texts, including the, the works of the Goswamis themselves. He cites them as authoritative evidence. Um, <laughs> uh, so you could see he's just coming just right after the Goswamis and uh, and uh, penning the, really the final book of the Bhakti Shastras, if you will. Um, so um, could have called him the seventh Goswami, and we'd have to have to have, have to have had an eighth. But um, <laughs> but um, it's a good exercise. It would be a good exercise to go and take the first verse of every chapter. And th- these are not Praman verses, but own verses in glorification of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And often they say something about the chapter. Um, this one doesn't particularly say anything about the chapter, but it, it speaks about the wonderful and powerful influence of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which I think that Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami is saying here, implying here, he, it's a difficult task to say, to, to adequately glorify Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but if we remember him, then it will be easy to do. It will be easy, it will be natural, it will flow from us naturally. If we remember him, we develop love for him, then naturally there will be an outpouring that will be Vaishnatushani, satisfying to the to the Vaishnavas. And he gives a converse that, uh, for that matter, ordinary things become very difficult. Difficult things become easy by remembering him, and ordinary things become difficult by by not remembering him. Hmm. Ordinary things, I suppose we could say, it means by not remembering him, that means material life, and it does become quite difficult. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and uh, and there was and, and there would be no with no end in sight something like that. So a nice introductory verse and again this would be a good exercise to collect those verses and then recite them in the morning or evening or midday. Jai Jai Sri Chaitanya Jai Nitananda Jai Dvita Chanda Jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda. Typical here. Verse of every chapter glorifying the Panchatattva. 
Shri Krishna Chaitanya, Nityananda Prabhu, Advaita, and Gaur Bhakta Brinda doesn't directly say Gadadhar, some of the verses do, but he's also, in a way, included in the in the Bhakta Brinda, all of the devotees. Prabhur Kahila J A Janma Lila Sutra Chashodanandan Dhitche Hula Sachiputra. I have thus uh, described in sutra like form the Janma Lila of Prabhu that's how he refers to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Prabhu of the Prabhu. Hmm? It's it's not a it's not a um a um, one time I um came into a room and um to see one of my god brothers I think it was Guru Kripa Maharaj was there and he was sitting with a brahmachari and the brahmachari said oh Tripari Prabhu and and uh, Guru Kripa Swami uh, then then he, then he said oh I, I mean I mean Maharaj and then Guru Kripa Swami said Prabhu that's a very high name and he went on it was so also inspiring to me to hear that so that's a very high name and it's true we take it lightly Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsi Thakur specifically taught his disciples to address one another as as Prabhu I heard there was a big controversy whether there was a feminine <laughs> uh, gender uh, you know or what would you call it Hmm? Well, a feminine case, or from a gr- grammat- I'm looking for a grammatical term, gender, gender. Uh, gender. Anyway, whether women, some people are against that, but the teaching, of course, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is that, among other things. If anybody knows the truth about Krishna, they're my guru, they're my Prabhu, they're my Lord. Hmm. I respect to them. Hmm. And to give all respect to, to others. Hmm. So we don't need to hold that back. Um, so he says here that um, the again the the the, the Janmalila in like a sutra like form uh, of Prabhu Chaitanya Mahaprabhu um, I've spoken of and explained that they are just like Jashoda Dandan Jaiche Hoyla Sachiputra. Those of Sachiputra, the son of Sachi, are the same as the son of Jashoda. Hmm? Sanchepe kohila janmila janmalila anukram ebe kohi balyalila sutra ganan. I've already briefly spoken about the pastimes of his birth in the chronological order. Now I shall illuminate his childhood pastimes times. Bande Chaitanya Krishnasya Balyalilam Manoharam Lokikim Apitam Isha Chaitasya Balilantaram. This is another now, Sanskrit verse of his own composition. He says, Vande Chaitanya Krishnasya. And, uh, I offer my obeisances, my respect to 
Chaitanya, who is Krishna hmm? himself. And Balalilam, his childhood pastimes, Manoharam, that steal away the mind. Hmm? And they are, it means they're very, very beautiful. Hmm. So, this is our method, of course, for uh, dealing with the madness of the mind. By contrast, we know that there are other um, uh, methods of old that have been employed to deal with such a difficult uh, subject, uh, task, harnessing the mind, something that Arjun in Bhagavad Gita expressed uh, exasperation um, at the prospect of being successful. Therein he said that what? The, how is the what is the Sanskrit? Hmm? Sanskrit? Yeah, I was looking for the Sanskrit. I know the English. I forget it now. Um, yeah, so it's like trying to control the wind. It's wind, been windy today, so we... We went to the strawberry fields, our minds were, thought, were taken to there. It's difficult <laughs> to control the mind, like the wind. And so there are other methods to deal with it. But Arjun felt that the method of yoga that Krishna was speaking about, this is in the, the uh, sixth chapter, the subject is meditation there. He was, again, he expressed exasperation. Of course, Krishna told him it's possible with practice and, and detachment. And, and ultimately, he pushed forward and concluded that chapter with an emphasis on bhakti and then began the middle chapter speaking about himself. And this is our method for controlling the mind um, to bring it in touch with something more beautiful than any of the thoughts that could be generated from a material mind. Hmm? Of course, we do suffer from thinking of what we've heard with a material mind about it, but, but, uh, but uh, it's a beautiful method, much more user-friendly and, uh, and uh, powerful than, for example, staring at a white wall for eight hours a day. Just, uh, I've heard that's one of the methods employed by some of the Buddhist schools. Um, so, bhakti yoga, this is a very central to put uh, the, 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 the difficult task of removing the negative, that being the uncontrolled nature of the mind, by invoking the positive. Hmm all-attractive Krishna. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is described just like Krishna, is all-attractive. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is mind-stealing. Uh, hmm? And Lokikam Apitam Isha Chaitasya Balitam Antaram He says that uh, he appears Lokikam. Lokikam. Lokika means ordinary. His, I'm going to talk about his childhood pastimes, and they're human-like, and they're very like ordinary childhood pastimes. But, opi tam isha chetas, they're actually the movements of the isha, of God himself, in childlike form. And... Um, 
balitamantaram. So, although they're ordinary, we shouldn't think of them as such. They're actually uh, divine. <clears throat> and this is a very, of course, peculiar thing in its in itself that the the Godhead, who is different from us, hmm, appears like us, and even in with regard to childhood and 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 so on. And of course, we consider that to be very, very sweet and and manas manaharam, very mind stealing. Hmm. Very, I've often said we're very uh, charmed by that when we hear the, the narrat- narrations of Krishna or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu acting in ways that very much correspond with ourselves and our psychology and so on. We 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 able to bond with with the Godhead in a way that no other path affords us the same opportunity. We really bond emotionally hmm, with one another and things and so on and so forth. So this is a path that really enables us to bond in a very comprehensive way with the Absolute in a way that Prem is really said to be all about and defined a real identification. He is like us. He's one of us. This is the very feeling of of Vrindavan or Navadweep. Hmm? He's one of us. Nimai hmm? Pandit, he's one of us. He's going to become a big sannyasi? Become different from us? He's going to travel all over the world and preach? And, hmm? <laughs> and it's hard for them to relate to. So this mind as he's ours. In the Braj, they think he's one of us. He's, yeah, he, Narayan does powerful things through him, but he's really one of us. I made a comment once that Pujapad uh, Bhaktivedanta Narayan Maharaj, he had, he had didn't always um, seem to like some of the ways in which Prabhupada had named the various deities in different parts of the world because they were deities of Radha and Krishna, but they didn't have brudge names always. And... Um, one of the examples is London Ishwar. <laughs> London Ishwar. Radha London Ishwar. So, uh, kind of threw him for a loop there. But uh, I reasoned, well, you know, of course, London at the time of that Prabhupada um, appeared in the world was ruling India. And for him to go to London... And had the temple and the Rathiyatra in Trafalgar Square. I think he compared the Rathiyatra chariot to like Mount Meru or something, <laughs> manifesting in London. And this is his his vision. And um, and with regard to the name London Ishwar, I, I reasoned, well, maybe he wanted the local people to think he's one of us, he's ours, <laughs> uh, something like that. Uh, they did express some of the Londoners the uh, a similar feeling for the great Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who um, he used to use a Western-style toilet, <laughs> and some British people noted it. And uh, it was a famous British lady that was, had written back to other Londoners about the sadhu that she'd met. He's different than the rest of them. Hmm? And he even uses an English toilet. So it was like he's like one of us. He was coming on their terms, something like that, and caused a bond. Hmm? 
with him in her heart. It's desirable. This is this is the prem. And then you know, with that in place, London turns into you know, into Vrindavan. <laughs> That's what the substance of it all is. So. So then, continuing, he says, Balya lila age prabhur utanashayan pita matai dekaila china charan. So he begins here the actual uh, description of those childhood pastimes with the feet of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So that's pretty common to begin. We're told that the darshan we begin by looking at the feet and then gradually going up and so forth. And the feet are the bottom part of the body, and, and, and with those feet, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu walked barefoot throughout the whole of India, practically. Um, and, um, and typically, of course, if you're walking with your feet on the ground, then they're not the most beautiful and softest part of the body, but his feet like Krishna's feet, of course, are compared to a lotus flower, which is the symbol of beauty in the world in Indian aesthetics, and of course very soft and tender, and and uh, the implication is not affected by the hardness of the ground and so forth, but softening the ground and the whole the whole world is the implication. So he says in his in his uh, Lila Age in the beginning, Prabhupada he used to lie upside down. I mean, he would lie in, like like a child, and his feet up in the air, like this, on his back, and his feet up. And Pitamatadekila um, Charan. So his mother saw the certain marks on his feet. Grihedujan Deki Lagupadjin Shankachakramina. So they weren't ordinary feet. He was acting like an ordinary child, lying on his back, kicking up his feet, unable to walk. But uh, she noticed that um, that he, um, when he tried to walk, there were footprints left, and in the footprints she could see the impressions, uh, the lines of... Uh, the flag, the thunderbolt, the conch shell, the disc, the fish. These are some of the auspicious ankotaram, ankotam, gunotam, ankotam. Krishna has um, many qualities. Bhakti Rasa Sindhu, the southern division, uh, where Bhakti Rasa is described in terms of chapters dedicated to each of the five ingredients that combining together um, make for bhakti rasa. You have the stai bhav, the vibhav, the sanchari bhavs, the um, uh, anubhavs, and sattvika bhavs. And among them, the vibhavs are thought to be causal in a sense. And uh, they're this is the beginning then of that southern division, a chapter about the Vibhavs. And the Vibhavs are, as you know, uh, of two types, uh, Alambana and Udipana. Hmm? The Alambana means 
uh, and that has two divisions. Alambana means the, the like, from a dramatic point of view, the you could say the, the, the actor and actress, Radha and Krishna, Krishna and the devotees. So the Vishai, the object of love, for Rasa, and the vessel of love, the heart full of love. These together are, um, without them, how can you have rasa? Right? So they're essential. And um, and then you have the udipana vibhav. The udipanas are um, um, that which gives rise to rasa, has kind of a causal kind of influence. I'll give an example. If you come home and your daughter has been away in Europe and you're expecting her back in next week and you get to the house and you see her shoes there, and you think, she's back. Oh, and you loved her all along, but suddenly you see something that reminds you very strongly of her and that love comes very prominently to the foreground. So this is how the Udipana Vibhavas work. And uh, I bring this up because the um, the qualities of Krishna hmm, are categorized, categorized or described in this chapter of the Vibhavas, and they're described in both ways. They're described as Alambana Vibhav and Udipana Vibhav, the qualities of Krishna. Rupa Goswami goes through 64 qualities of Krishna. And in the context of doing so, he cites the section of the Bhagavatam where um, Prikshit Maharaj is talking to the bull, Dharma, and Kali Yuga and so forth, and so many qualities of Krishna are spoken, I think, by the bull, um, or, or, the, or the cow to the earth, or one or two, I forget. So many qualities there, and he, he cites that uh, verse means you can go there and you can see there's other qualities too and he has unlimited qualities but he selected certain qualities Rupa Goswami to come up with the 64 that Jiva Goswami explains he heard from here and Shastra and other devotees have said and different testimonies and 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 in and they have mentioned them in the context of examples so Bhaktivarasamrita Sindhu this section he will go through the qualities and he will give the examples um, to help us as much as there are some, and there are many, appreciate them and, and so forth. But how they work both indirectly as um, alambana vibhav and directly as udipana is that when you talk about Krishna as the ashra, vishaya alambana, the object of love, then you're going to describe Krishna, the person Krishna, and he's like this, and he's like this, and he's like this. So you're describing the object of love. In the context of doing that, you're mentioning the different qualities. And so because you're focused on Krishna as the object of love, the qualities become indirectly part of what constitutes the vishayalambana, the object of love. Hmm? So in that sense, indirectly, they constitute alambana vibhav. And then, directly, they can be thought of kind of independently 
by without talking about them in the context of the entirety of Krishna, if you will, just meditating on a particular quality, hmm? rather than meditating on Krishna who has these qualities, something like that, then they're classified as Udipanas. Hmm? Udipana Bhivad. And, um, and here he begins like this also. This is, uh, and this is the point that um, the, uh, the feet of Krishna the character qualities, the, 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 these these um, these qualities are. He goes sixty-four, so they have four divisions. There are fifty that um, can partially manifest in the jivas who are doing bhakti, and then there are what there are five. More so, fifty-five that appear in gods like Brahma and Shiva, and then there are five more, which gives us sixty that appear in Bhagavan Narayan, and then there are four that appear only in Krishna: Venu Madhurya, Lila Madhurya, um, Rupa Madhurya, and Prema Madhurya. You know, sweet, sweet love surrounded by devotees endowed with very sweet. Love, Prema Madhurya, Lila Madhurya, sweet pastimes, you know, the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the pastimes of Krishna. They're sweet, they're charming. They're, they're not like Narayan's pastimes in the same, or Shiva. Um, and that's why they're so popular. And whole books about them and so forth. Um, there's no whole book of just pastimes of Narayan, Vishnu, Mahavishnu, <laughs> but Krishna. Yeah, is, uh, and those are the most popular texts, and so, um, and Venu Madhuri has a sweet flute, and he has a sweet form, Rupa Madhuriya. These are the four qualities that, that Krishna has that even Narayan doesn't have. So these are, and these are the divisions, and then they're further divided, all these qualities, into two divisions: those that astonish us because of their Aishvarya, and the the, the, the godliness of them, like. Universes emanate from the pores of his body. That's pretty godly, pretty <laughs> majestic. Hmm? And then there are those that astonish us because they're so much like us, so human-like, and seem seem um, to speak of his uh, frailty and humanness and the, 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 the shortcomings of of, 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 of humanity, the weakness. I want to say, and of course, they're very charming to us, and they seem like to be the, an opening, right? Isn't it? They provide an opening for us. The pastimes that are full of majesty, it's not much of an opening to get close there. But when he's acting like a human being, then he has needs. Hmm? We can we can participate. We can feed him. He needs to take rests now. Hmm? Um, he needs to be consoled because. Radha is not allowing him to have her, her, her darshan and so forth. So this, it's, this is, gives us a, a, an entrance. Hmm? Um, so anyway, both divisions uh, are there. And Rupa Goswami begins with describing the angas, the limbs of Krishna. And, and here relative to Sarvasal, what is it, Sarvasal Lakshananbrita. He has auspicious bodily characteristics. This is the second, I believe, of the qualities uh, that Rupa Goswami describes. And they are divided into two. 
gunotam and ankotam. Gunotam means uh, different bodily uh, characteristics or qualities, and ankotam particularly refers to markings on the hands and on the feet. Hmm? So he had certain auspicious markings on the hands and the feet. This is um, part of the Brahminical uh, society and culture of your Vedic culture was had a, a strong emphasis on this and uh, a very kind of developed notion of, of physiognomy, hmm, which is over time in Western society and in the world become thought of more of as a pseudoscience, superstition and so forth. Um, but there is now a little bit of a some movement back in that direction and we may it might do service well for a moment to um, um, make a slight a turn here and um, and emphasize that the scientific community which is often th- um, thought to be in in um, in um, you want to say in, um, in opposition to the religious and spiritual perspective, um, because well, for different reasons, it's it's thought by like that by by a number of people. Um, for example, it said, well, you know, we we look in the Bible and we find you know a statement that. Sounds pretty sexist. So obviously these people weren't together, and uh, they don't. Uh, and, and this is the holy book, and we know that uh, that that was in, in, inappropriate uh, socially, and uh, and so forth. So we throw it out. Hmm. Um, you hear that kind of thing. I'm simplifying, obviously, and gen- generalizing. Hmm. I heard somebody. Read somewhere, somebody had said recently that Nikita Khrushchev, who used to be, for those of you who are <laughs> younger, the uh, the um, sovereign leader of the USSR, he famously pulled his shoe out at the at the what do you call that place, United, the United Nations, and pounded it on the table at one point. This during the Cold War between the United States and Russia. He banged it. I forget what he was arguing about, but he was upset about something. <laughs> and uh, his son, or grandson, I think it was, in recent times, became an American citizen. <laughs> and so and he was pretty upset. It was Khrushchev and Kennedy, I guess, right? Yeah. And they came very close to like blowing up the whole world. Uh, we know the story. Um, and so... <laughs> The grandson was asked, well, what do you think your grandfather would think about this? And the grandson said, we should not judge people of previous times by the standards of today. He said, the world is very different now than it was at the time my grandfather was the, was the uh, leader of Russia. So it was a good answer. Mm-hmm. And we tend to do that, or people tend to do that. And it's very out of context. I mean, I, like I've said before, Abraham Lincoln is known for signing the um, 
What's it called? Emancipation. Emancipation Proclamation, freeing the slaves. But he also thought that, of course, they could never run for office or anything like that. But they should be free. I mean, so to say that now would we, we would certainly be fired and uh, and would never be able to hold political office <laughs> if he said such. So times change and and people are to be seen in terms of their um, the, the the you know great people, the groundbreaking insights that they stand up for and the truths that they stand for that are evident in the times in which they live. And all truth is not evident at all times, and it never will be. So the world is always, there's always new things to find out about the material world. Even while in one sense it's the same thing going on over and over again, it has its way of mixing the same things up again and again. And Anyway, there's always new things to find out about the world. Um, so, in the same way that religious texts and teachers and so forth may be dismissed in modern society for way it takes on certain things in the past, um, I heard a, a, a discussion not long ago by a Christian minister in which he was telling the story of the pygmy that was... Um, the the by far the most popular exhibit in the Brooklyn Zoo in the 1920s that they had a pygmy that uh, pygmy is a type of African certain African tribe so the pygmy was put in the in the zoo and it was a very popular exhibit and keeping the pygmy in the zoo was completely supported by the whole scientific community. Hmm? Um, <laughs> As you know, it's a subhuman species, some type of a link between apes, and he was right next to the apes. And, 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 you know, you go to the apes, and there's the pygmy, hmm? and uh, it's clearly supported by the whole community. Uh, eventually, he, he built a bow and arrow and started shooting at the people in the cage who were viewing him. <laughs> but, <laughs> good for him, huh? But, uh, but it was the religious community in, in America that um, um, got him out and, and found it to be objectionable and, uh, and ultimately uh, won his uh, release and closed down the exhibit and so forth. So science is on the wrong side of things at, at times um, as well. I'm just not sure how we segued to that for a moment. I did say it was a segue. Now, <laughs> what was the main stream by which we, we, we went through? Yeah, physiognomy. So physiognomy is, uh, is, you know, it's like superstitious. And even though we know practically that the face is the index of the mind, and if you get angry in your mind, your, your face will turn red, or hmm, if you get envious, it will turn green, <laughs> uh, and so on and so forth. There's, there's, some <laughs> there's some revival of that, I heard, in some circles, that certain things in the brain, they think... Uh, react in such a way that they cause external whatever symptoms. But but at any rate, um, you know, you can still go to Delhi and someone goes, ah, give me your hand, you know. Guy pull you over, read your hand and tell you, you know, all about your your past and and, and then you give him 50 rupees, you know, like, wow, incredible. Um, so there's a little more to it. I, I've told the story before 
And uh, it was a very powerful experience for me. We were going to buy a cow in, uh, at an organic dairy who became Shamala, who's a, the mother of Tilak, the black bull out here. Mm-hmm. And she's, since he was born six years ago, she's been milking. She still gives four gallons a day, which is quite a yield after six years. Um, so she's happy there. But at any rate, on the way, Brindarunya had a, somehow gotten a CD, uh, and it was of a man speaking about the physical characteristics of cows hmm? that he discovered in an old, old farmer's book that um, described if their udder has a certain amount of hair on it, then if it's a hairy udder, it's going to give more cream. If it has a wide escutcheon, they're going to milk for a long time. And, and if it ha- where the cowlick is on the, on the back will determine something. It was all about dairy cows and the milk yield. Hmm? And it was fascinating to read, to me to hear, and I couldn't keep up with it or keep notes. You know, we're going by a cow and we're listening to this tape and think, you know, let's look for the bodily characteristics. Well, one thing stood out in our, in our minds was the escutcheon, which is, which is the, after the, rich below the tail, between the two legs, if it's wide, instead of narrow, then she's going to be a bigger, longer lactation, something like that. So we were looking at, you know, couple hundred cows, which is always a lot of fun, going through the herd and liking her and liking her, trying to figure out which one to buy. And and Shamal turns around, she's a dark, she's black, for black jersey. And so she stood out in the herd and she turned around. We all looked at one of them and said, look at that escutcheon. That kind of stuck with us, you know. So sure enough, you know, we, we got her and she's been a great milker. But I want to get that tape again. I've thought about it many times. Here I am thinking of it again and didn't go through it. It's, it's fascinating. And um, it's an example of the superstition of physiognomy being more than um, it's uh, thought to be when people think of it as, as such, simply superstition and, and, uh, and pseudoscience. So here, anyway, <laughs> there are said to be 32 auspicious characteristics in the Brahminical culture, in the Vedic culture, bodily characteristics that define or mark a Mahapurusha, an extraordinary uh, person. And um, the idea in Bhaktivedanta Sindhu, of course, just as Rupa Goswami begins his description, and he raised, excuse me, raised this point, or Jiva Goswami, in the commentary, hmm, and you know, he has, his, his five parts of the body are fine, a certain number are broad, short, um, thick, uh, and, and so on and so forth. I, I can't remember them all. The 32 auspicious bodily characteristics in Krishna had them all. You know, if you see some of them, then you think, well, they're auspicious. And he had them all. And it's thought that no, no, not even any avatar has all of them. Here it's just particularly described, the Unkotam, Unko to the feet, hmm? the markings on the feet and hands, but the feet are being discussed. And uh, uh, I have, there are, I've read at least descriptions up to, let's see, 19 different markings 
-hmm. on the feet. Typically there's like eight on one, eight on the other, but then three others are mentioned somewhere. Um, so the lines on the feet, the lines on the hand, you can tell who the person is, what their life's about, and, and so on and so forth. So, um, um, uh, we say uh, the face is the index uh, of, of the mind. You can look at somebody, you don't look happy. Your face is corresponding with your emotions. So, so uh, um, uh, anyway, the 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 the, the uh, Vedic culture gave some emphasis to this, and um, and Krishna is actually described with like this to have all these sinus, and then there are uh, examples. There's an example of Nandamaraj coming in and commenting, and and, and I guess uh, one uh, maybe uh, uh, maybe he talked to. Um, what is his name? Name-giving priest Gargacharya. Your son has all these auspicious character, all thirty-two characteristics, and and so on. So here, maybe maybe we should go to Nilambar Chakravarti, who was an astrologer. Maybe he'll come up here and come, yeah, and he can he'll confirm it. Hmm? Your child has all thirty-two auspicious characteristics, uh, beginning with the lines on the feet. It's interesting to note that um, that. It's said that um, uh, when they make the Buddha statues, they make them as far as possible to so that they contain or they, they, they include these symptoms. They have a list of symptoms. Some of them are a little different than, than the ones mentioned in the Vedic culture, but the concept comes from the culture that Buddha died divorced himself from the Vedic culture, the, the divinity of the sacred text, and so forth, and went on his own um, path, if you will. Um, but when asked, uh, when he's described himself, he's seen uh, in, in the Buddhist text uh, as an ordinary person without these signs. And when asked about them, his, his idea was, it's, that's not what makes a person great what their body looks like, but how, by how they freed their mind is what makes a person great. So he dismissed the whole thing. But after him, the Buddhists, made, it, they, 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 say the, they even say that all Buddhists should have all these, these symptoms and so forth, and they make the statues like this and so on. But the Buddha didn't have them. He's one of the avatars. And only Krishna has them all, is the, is the point that uh, Jiva Goswami makes. Hmm? So we find them here described with regard to the markings on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's lotus feet. Seeing the small marks, see, excuse me, seeing these marks, neither his father nor his mother could understand whose footprints they were. Hmm? This, thus struck with wonder, they could not understand how those marks could possibly be in their homes. Mishra Kohe, Balgopal Ache, Shil Sange, Tenomuti Han Gore, Kele, Janerange. Jamyath Mishra, he first responded that must be the case, without a doubt, that the Balgopal, who is within the Shalagram, um, has come out. The Shalagram has taken the form of, of Balgopal, the, the child Krishna, and is performing pastimes, playing within the room here. This is how he first responded. So it has a reference to the family 
Shaligram. The Shaligram is, of course, the auspicious uh, stone representing Vishnu. It's often thought to have certain markings that determine which form of Vishnu it uh, the, the different uh, shaligrams represent. There's the Vamana shaligram, and then this one, and then that one, and so forth. And uh, I don't know if they have a Krishna shaligram with markings and so forth, but I, I believe that I'm quite sure that Jiva Goswami in the Sandarbhas describes the shaligram a little bit differently, not as a particular form of Vishnu, but as a form from which any of the Vishnu forms can manifest in in accordance with how he's worshipped. Mm-hmm. And so this is apparently the, the sensibilities of um, Jagannath Mishra, who thought Bal Gopal has appeared, and uh, they were obviously Krishna devotees. I mean, they had Shalagram. It's said that when excavating the place of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance, which was discovered and revealed by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, on the Mayapur side, we discussed this a little bit the other night, it came up or somewhere, maybe on, a, on one of the Sunday calls, someone had said, what is the, what does Chaitanya Mahaprabhu do at, if, at Goduli? At the time of Goduli is like the afternoon when Krishna's coming back from the forest, cows are in front and they're running home and the, the dust is being kicked up, the, the dust duli of the go, the cow, and Krishna and Balaram are covered, and the Kalvik friends covered with dust, and they look very beautiful as the sun setting on them. These uh, nice descriptions are there in uh, in the works of Krishna Das, Govindalilamrita, and other works uh, describing the eightfold pastimes of Krishna. So there's corresponding eightfold pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The question was raised: What is what is what is the corresponding pastime? And of course, it's, it's Nagras and Kirtan. They're coming through. From bathing in the Jamuna, they go to Navadweep and they go into every house. And uh, it's as if the Panchatat was appearing in every, decided, let's go to this house today. But they're going to every house every day, and every house thinks they came to our house today. And then they cross the Ganges, following the cows who are swimming across, and they go back to Jagannath Mishra's house and so forth. The point came up because, to me, as I was explaining that, a side point came up, oh, this is interesting um, evidence in support of Bhaktivinoda Thakur's position, because Vishnu Chakrit Thakur is describing the Eightfold Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and saying he's in Navadweep doing Nagrasan Kirtan, and to go home, he had to cross the Ganges to go to Mayapur. Hmm? And so it was thought at the time of Bhaktivinoda that the place of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's birth was in Navadweep, not in Mayapur, on the other side of the Ganges, but Bhakti Vinod, through his empiric research and esoteric insight and vision, was convinced that it was in, 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 in Mayapur. And when they were digging in Mayapur, and this is the point I'm making, they found a deity of, I want to say, Vasudev, Ananta, hmm, a little... A little Anyway, I think it was a Vasudev deity. Vasudev is another name for Krishna, of course. And that was then thought to be the deity in the house of Jagannath Mishra. So Vasudev deity and a little shalagram, and, and here um, 
Jagannath Mishra is thinking that, that our worship of Shaligram as Balagopal is fruitful. He's actually, you know, coming out and walking um, amongst us. Um, as we say, that the Ragatmika Bhaktas are very good Vaidhi Bhaktas, doing archan, worshipping very nicely, Vishnu, Shaligram, thinking of Krishna as some, well, anyway. Uh, so, then Ma, what, what, Se Chani Jagi Nimai Kore Krandan, Ankilan Sachi Tanri, Pioilasthan. While Mother Sachi and Jagannath Mishra were talking, the child Nimai woke up and began to cry. Mother Sachi took him on her lap and allowed him to suck her breast. Stan P.I.T. Putrer Charana Dekila. So he's nursing from her and she gets a real close look at his feet and at that time it became apparent to her by his grace those feet are those footprints that you're seeing. I don't know how he had the foot. Typically it's very beautiful in the Srimad Bhagavat commentary of Chakrabhati Thakur in the Pogandalila, where the Pogandalila of Krishna is described, 15th chapter of the 10th canto of Bhagavatam, the killing of Denikasur, begins with a very Krishna beautifully glorifying Balaram. Hmm? Appropriate. He's uh, the leader of the, the, the Sakyarasa uh, devotees. Um, but uh, one of the things that's described there is that he's entering the forest and uh, leaving his footprints. And Chakraditaka says, well, because he's a little older now, he has more weight, and so the footprints are showing up. These are one of those things that bond, causes to bond <laughs> with <laughs> with him. But here, I mean, of course, as a child, Balakrishna was also making footprints in the, in the, in the house, in the yogurt, in the butter <laughs> that he was spilling and distributing to the monkeys and so forth. So, anyway, somehow they saw his footprints and now she's nursing him and she looks and looks closer and says, so, I hadn't seen that before. And so she calls Jagannath Misha. Hmm? Um, and look, the marks that are visible on the floor in the room, hmm? they're on our, our son's feet. Jeki ab mishrer hoila anandito mati. Gupte bulaila nilambar chakurti. Bring the physiognomist in here. This astrologer, this is the, this nilambar chakurti, is the father of Sachi, and he was a great astrologer. And this astrology and physiognomy, they very much kind of went together. So you know the stars, and then you know the lines on the body, and then you know the person. So. When they saw the wonderful marks, Jagannath Mishra um, became very joyful and he privately called Nilambar Chakrabarti. China Deki Chakrabarti Balena Hasiya Lagna Goni Puveami Rakiachi Likia. Nilambar Chakrabarti saw those marks and with a smile he said, Formally, and this was related in the previous chapter, I ascertained all this by astrological calculation and noted it in writing. The child had been in the womb for 13 months, and so it was a concern. They brought the grandfather-to-be, who was a, a kavi and an astrologer, and so he, he did the charts, see what was going on, and he said, oh, this is the day that he will appear. 
and therefore he should be named. He's referring back to that. He said, I said this previously, here it is. Look, it's confirmed now through the physiognomy as well. Bhatisha lakshan mahapurushbushan e shishu agid deki se sab lakshan. There are 32 auspicious bodily characteristics that symptomize a great personality. And I see all those marks in the body of this child. Sanskrit verses given describing them. There are 32 bodily symptoms of a great person. Five parts of his bodily parts, five of his bodily parts are large, five fine, five reddish, excuse me, seven reddish, six raised, three small, three broad, and three grave. Uh, that's a whole other discussion to go into all of those and how they appear on Krishna and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as well. Um, but Nayan er yukta shi hasti charan, hastu charan, e shishu sarvaloke kolibe taran. So this baby has all the symptoms of Narayan on his palms, we should say, and more. Um, and he will be able to deliver the whole three worlds. Eta koribe vaishnav dharmera prachar iachoite hobedui kulera nishtar. This child will preach Vaishnav cult and deliver both his maternal and paternal families. Mahotsavakar shab bolahan bolaha brahmana ajidin bhala koriba namkaran. I propose to perform a name giving ceremony. We should observe a festival called for the Brahmins because today is very auspicious. Sarvaloker koribe ihan dharana poshan vishvambarnam ihar eta karan. In the future, this child will protect and maintain the world, it will nourish the world. Poshana, dharana. He will sustain and nourish the world. And vishvambarnam ihar, for this eta karan, for this reason, he will be, he should be named Vishwambar, Sri Vishwambar Mishra Ki Jai. Sunisachi Mishra Mone Ananda Bodhila Brahmana Brahmani Ani Mahotsava Kula. At the hearing Nilambar Chakrabarti's prediction, Sachi and Jagannath Mishra observed the name giving ceremony, festival, and great joy, inviting all the Brahmins and their wives. Siman Mahaprabhu, Balilaki Jai, Gaur Premanande. Any question? <laughs> Krishna conscious. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, it's probably, it's, with, it's after eight now, right? What time do we start? Seven? Oh, maybe we, tomorrow we have this Sunday call. We'll do that. And uh, we'll, we've got time. Shishi Gaurada Mahadava Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai, Gaur Premanandi.